Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Um, I've been going through the Lord's Prayer with us. And the reason is just because I feel like it's this amazing model for prayer that Jesus gave us. And one of the things that I love, and I said this before, it's like literally Jesus, the Son of God, teaching us how to pray to our Father. And I actually love that in Matthew, um, I think it's in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus talks about how like nobody knows the Father but the Son. And nobody knows the Son like as the Father does. And he's saying, but I'm revealing this stuff to you so that you guys can know him too. How amazing is that? When you when you put it down to this prayer, Jesus is literally saying, I want to teach you guys how to talk to your father. And it's absolutely amazing and it's beautiful. And we're coming to this part where we're going to be closing that today. So I just thought I'd pray for us first. I just pray, Jesus, that you would enlighten us with your word today. That God, um, that as we finish this, that you would remind us of the beauty of prayer, how it exists to lift you high, to glorify you, to, to show us who we are in you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that today that you would speak to us afresh so holy spirit we invite you would you speak to us today in your name jesus we pray amen and one of the things that i do love about the lord's prayer is that from start to finish what you will start to see this model that jesus gave us it's not the lord's prayer it's more the disciples prayer because jesus never needed to pray lord forgive me my sins it's actually the disciples prayer he gives it to he's like this is how you should pray and what i love about it is from start to finish you see how god is glorified even in the in the last three petitions that are actually about us the first three are all about glorifying god you're like our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you're like, yeah, I've pretty much finished praising God here. But as you move into the last three petitions, you haven't. Because you go on to say, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God is glorified. How? Because it reveals man's total and utter dependence on him. There is no daily bread without him, no forgiveness of sin without him no leading and directing outside of him so actually he gets all the glory start to finish for he is the only one sufficient to meet the needs of us all our needs spiritual physical everything he gets the glory so Matthew 6 verses 9 to 13 it says this this is Jesus speaking he says this is how you should pray our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We learn a simple truth in that last petition. We learn that we need God to protect us. And before we even get anywhere else, we need to make something very, very clear straight away. Like before we move anywhere else, we need to make sure that we understand this because I've pretty much misunderstood this for all of my life. When it came to the Lord's Prayer, when I was saying it, I would say everything really loud and really boldly because I understand it. And I'd get to this part and I'd be like, temptation. Uh, but deliver us from evil. Because what does it mean? Why do we ask God to lead us not into temptation? Does that mean that God leads us into temptation? Does that mean that God tempts us? Well, no, actually, it does not mean that at all. In James 1 verses 13 to 14, it says this, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, 
nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And in, in, that, in that verse, verse 14 and 15, you see that actually it's, it's our own selfish desires that entice us to a point where we, where we sin. It, 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 that is what tempts us. God isn't the one who tempts us. And the other person that tempts us is the enemy, is the devil. It's the father of all evil. It's not God who tempts us. It's actually we bring ourselves into that danger. And the enemy is also there trying to bring us into that danger as well. But one thing that reminds us is this. Before I continue, is this finishing at 10 or 9.30? Just cool, amazing. But before, um, before I jump into that, I want to say this. When we read that, we need to understand that daily we need to be led by God. We need to be delivered from what causes, us, what causes us to sin. The power of evil is everywhere around us. And see, here's the thing. We cannot for a moment think that we do not need to say this prayer on a daily basis when we are surrounded, surrounded by the things that we're surrounded by. You know, it probably was a lot easier for the person who was reading this back in the day, but we have these things these days. We don't have to go very far to see what temptation is lurking around us everywhere, every single place. How can we ever think for a moment that we do not need to say this prayer? We need to be aware of this on a daily basis and invite God into our daily struggle that he will drag us in the opposite direction that our evil desires seek to drag us into. It's a confession of our weakness, when we're saying that we're confessing our own weakness, we're saying, God, we are weak. Help us. Protect us from any situation that would cause us to be overwhelmed to the point that we actually sin against you. We don't want to do that. Protect us. And here's the question that's really funny, actually. How many of us in this room actually pray spiritual protection on a daily basis? Like consciously consciously every single day how many of us actually pray that that God would protect us from the battle that we're facing I, I realized over the weekend um <laughs> well I realized this quite a long time ago actually I'm 25 now I'm growing in wisdom and in stature and all that good stuff I'm starting to realize I'm starting to realize more and more about myself every single day and how I work and, and what I'm like and the triggers that I have when I go okay cool what's going on in my life what, what, what's happening how am I feeling and I've learned to realize this through being in it and then going oh this is what I was feeling so now I know the things that show me Sammy right, we need, we need to deal with this situation or whatever. And over the weekend, um, some things came up for me on a personal level. I won't share this for the protection of, of people involved or whatever, but I did want to be vulnerable and share this with you guys so you can understand from which angle this has really spoken to me. Um, but somebody made me really angry because they mistreated somebody that I really love. And I hadn't realized just how deep it was and how messed up it was. And I was absolutely livid. I was so angry. I was devastated. And I was sat there thinking to myself, all the different things that I want the Lord to do. Hail down brimstone and fire, Lord Jesus. Like, what the heck is going on? How is this okay? How do people get away with this kind of thing? This is not okay. And I was playing this situation in my head over and over and over and over again. 24 hours, 48 hours. Before I knew it, I was just in this storm of hate. And I caught myself. And I was like, oh my days, I am just like them. 
I've done the exact same thing when I'm called to live in the exact opposite direction. I have become exactly like this thing that I hate so much. I'm supposed to love them. I'm supposed to pray for them. I'm supposed to speak good over these people. Like, why am I in this situation? And I was chatting to my mentor and I was relaying it to this and good old Hannah. She was like, you know, it means you've not been praying this every single day. And I was like, whoa, when did I stop praying that? I got so overwhelmed with what was going on around me that I forgot for a moment that I'm actually susceptible to, to, so much, to so much temptation. The temptation to hate to that point where I was thinking the things that I was thinking. I was like, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. This isn't what you've called me to do. And we don't realize it when it comes because it comes very sneaky. It's very, 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 very sneaky. A lot of the times you don't realize it until you're overwhelmed and you're like, how the heck did I get here? And I wonder if it's because we're not inviting God daily into that struggle that we have. I wonder if it's because we're not humbling ourselves before him to say, God, we need you. Because in that case, you know what, we might as well be praying if we're not praying that. Father, throw it all at me today. Throw it all, everything that causes me to sin. I can handle it. I will pass. It's the exact same thing when you're not inviting him into that struggle. We need him. We need to be aware of what is ahead of us. The danger of us not recognizing this protection that we need is a real threat because we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And I don't mean to glorify Satan today because he's not even worth being glorified, but we need to be aware of him. Actually, C.S. Lewis says something that's pretty cool. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says um, there's two beliefs that cause us to be overwhelmed by the devil. The, the first belief is that he's not real. And the second belief is that he's so real and so powerful that we are to be scared of him when that is not the truth. See, when we're saying lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, we recognize the one who can deliver us, who is more powerful. Why would we go to someone who's not more powerful than the thing that we're praying about? God's way more powerful than that. But we're not supposed to be naive. We need to be aware because there is a battle. We are in a battle and we are vulnerable to his schemes when we are not aware. The wise person would actually pray every single day fully aware of this and invite God, the one who can help them to overcome, to protect them. See, we cannot afford to not be aware of the spiritual battle that we are in. There are so many kinds of temptations. As I was saying, even on our mobile phones, even if you're scrolling through Instagram, I found myself this weekend comparing myself to other people so much that I would forget how God is good in my life. Being greedy about the things that other people have so much that I would forget that there is a God who provides for me, who has been providing for me all my life. And there's so many other temptations. Good-looking men on Instagram, I'll give you that now. But here's the thing. We're not supposed to live unaware of these things. We need to guard ourselves. We need to say, God, guard me, help me. There are so many different things that are going on in the world around me. Help me. And in Matthew 26, 36 to 46, um, I think that this call to invite God every single moment of that is what Jesus is giving to Peter. And Peter basically, God has, uh, Jesus told Peter that you're going to deny me. Um, he's like, no, Lord, I'm going to go to the cross with you. Even if all these people leave you, I'm never going to leave you. I love Peter. He's, so, he's, he's just funny, isn't he? Bless him. He's very passionate. But oftentimes he was a little bit, you know, unfortunate with it. Um, but Jesus says to him, actually, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny three times that you even know me in front of a teenage girl. He was scared of a teenage girl. Come on, now, Peter. Hilarious. But actually, Jesus has invited Peter, James, and John to pray with him as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane about to face the trial. And it says this, 
Jesus asked them to pray, and then he came down, and, he, and the disciples found, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yes, God has saved us. Yes, we've been set free from the power of sin. But our flesh is still weak to the temptations that are around us. We need to keep watch. We need to pray. We need to invite God into that. We can't relax. We need to cling on to God that he would make us strong in these situations. And if you see even how God describes sin in the Old Testament with Cain and with Abel, God says to Cain, he's like, you know what, mate? If you do what is right and acceptable, you will be accepted. Like, but if you do what is wrong, sin is waiting. And he actually says it's crouching. It's crouching, waiting to control you, but you need to rule over it. And the same is here for us today. He can't take away your salvation, the devil. But you know what he can do? He can make this life miserable for you. But God doesn't want that for you. God wants life and life to the full. And how do we, like, how do we actually rule over the sin then? Well, we do it by surrendering to the one who's conquered over it. Our King, Jesus. Jesus has conquered over it. He's overcome the world, all the evil and the trouble that we might face in it. We go to him. We humble ourselves, recognize our need for him to guide us away from those things that would cause us to sin. That's the motivation when you're praying, lead me not into temptation. That word temptation is quite interesting, actually. It's not just like the temptation in the sense of like something that literally um, that you desire in the sense of like doing something wrong. That word temptation is neutral in the, in the original Greek. It can also mean testing and trials. So when you're playing God, God, lead me not into temptation, into a situation where I can be tempted to sin, or into trials and tribulations. Because that's what got me to that point on Saturday. Let God lead me away from that because I don't want to put things into my own power. I don't want to be in any situation that would actually cause me to sin. That's the motivation is that we don't want to sin. Holy Spirit, I don't want to grieve you. Lead me away from it. I'm weak on my own. I would much rather avoid sin as in its entirety. Lead me away from it. And see, while that's quite wholesome, it's not the way that things are, is it? Like, yes, we'd rather avoid tests and trials and temptation completely because they may cause us to sin. But in the world, we will have testing and trials and temptation. We're surrounded by it every day. There's nowhere that you're going that you don't. It's here in the workplace. It's everywhere that you go. But see, here's the thing. We have the perfect role model for how we are supposed to deal with this, who's shown us how to deal with this. Jesus himself, our living instruction has been through testing and trials and temptation. I mean, actually, in Matthew 4, 1, um, verse 1 onwards, it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. That's the part that we don't want to read, that he was actually led there by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Uh, I will ignore that as much as I can because it actually does happen. And, and, and I guess it sounds really weird when you say it like that, but you need to understand it a little bit more like this because this is what helped me, right? There are times that we'll be led into situations where we experience temptation, but we're not so much led into them to be left there. Jesus is going in the desert, but he's not staying in the desert. He's coming out of it. What does that show us? Actually, for me, it shows me that God doesn't lead us into a situation. He leads us through a situation. 
He leads us through the situation. Because see, here's the thing where we're at right now. We are being led through this world that is not our home. And we are being led through into our heavenly home. Along the way, there will be temptations. There will be trials. There will be testing. But guess what? God is leading you through it. And it's actually an amazing opportunity to, to, to be led by a victorious God who makes you victorious in those moments as well. That's what it is. We're being sanctified. We're being made more like him. He's leading us through these things that we might become holy as he is holy. You know, Aaron Rutledge did an amazing talk for us yesterday uh, for, for our personal message prayers. And he was talking about this call to be holy as he is holy. We get that opportunity to grow that muscle to be holy as God is holy when we're facing those temptations. When we're going through those trials, when we're going through those things that are really difficult. I mean, a friend of mine actually reminded me of that. Uh, I was messaging her about some of the stuff that was happening in life. And she actually said to me, well, you know what, Sammy? God uses the hard stuff and he gets the glory in it all. It's actually an amazing opportunity for us to grow. And that's why James in James 1 verses 2 to 4, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. I don't know how he says that. When you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And that's what it is. You're growing an actual muscle. And when you actually, I, I, I was teaching some of the academy students yesterday, and I was saying, you need to write down your history with Jesus, the things that he's brought you through, because as you, you see how far God has taken you. When I look back on my life, I remember when I first became a Christian, there were some temptations that I could not face at all. I could not face at all. And I had not been in situations where I had to come face to face with them. I'd still be in the same position today in my life, but I'm not in a far different position. You know, when I first was hanging out with my non-Christian friends, I was influenced. And now I can confidently go into those spheres and those places and be the influence. And that's because God has grown me through testing and trials and all the things that I've been through. It's real. You're growing a muscle. So actually, it's quite strange for us to pray that, God, don't, don't let these things come. But what we're actually praying is that don't let anything that would overwhelm us, that would be too difficult for us, that would actually cause us to go away from you. Because if we're praying for all temptation to go away from us, actually we're missing out on experience to see the same power that raised Christ from the dead, raise us and save us from any kind of temptation that we should face. But see, here's the thing. At the start of that prayer, our Father in heaven, our good and perfect Father, he's so good and he's so faithful and he's so kind no temptation has ever, ever overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not lead you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God always provides a way out, both in present time and at the very end when he will deliver us from the evil one. That's why we say, Do you know what, God, if I have to go through this, you're reminded of the words that you prayed already, your will be done. Your will be done. Not, not the things that I want done, not, not, not me being lifted high or anything. God, you be lifted high. You be glorified through what I'm going through right now. You be glorified in this. Your will be done. Your program, God. May you get all the glory from this. And it's a beautiful place to be in as we surrender over everything to him. 
And one of the things that I love is that as you're seeing this, as you see the vulnerability, as you see like the, the vulnerability of coming to God and being like, God, I'm weak. You, you see the wording of this prayer is lead us. It's an opportunity for you to pray for your brothers and sisters and the things that they're going through, that God would make us his masterpiece, created in you and him doing the good things that he planned for us long ago. God wants to mature us and grow us in all the things that we go through. And he gives us the opportunity uh, to, to, to do that within those things. And you know what? One of the things that I love is that in temptation and all that kind of stuff, God always offers a way out. Do we choose to go to it? And going back to Jesus, the perfect role model, when he's led into the desert, what does he do when temptation comes his way? He knows his word. There's nothing that the devil could offer him that, that literally isn't addressed in the word of God to be like, actually, no, this is what God says. Are you fully equipped in, in understanding the Bible for yourself? I don't even think you need to necessarily know different Bible verses and all that kind of stuff. What you need to know is what God says so that it can fill you up in those moments for you to be strong. His word renews our minds. His word helps us in those moments. Are you built up in that when you're facing things? I had to be like, God, what do you say in your word about loving people? What do you say in your word about me and, and how we're all the same in this situation? And the other thing that Jesus goes through is actual trials. And we see that as he's a, is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's crying and he's like, God, you know what? Is there any way that this can happen in any other way? You know, you know I, I, I don't really know how I feel about this. But then he says, actually, but your will be done. When we're facing those things, we give up, we surrender to God that his will would be done, that we would be made complete in him, that we would be made righteous in him, that he would sanctify us to be a holy people, his holy people. And that as we go into the world, we're calling people into that. How beautiful is that? Being made strong in him, being strengthened in him through anything that we go through. And I love that as you finish this, in, in, a lot of, um, in a lot of different manuscripts or whatever, what was later added to this prayer is, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. As you bring all this stuff to God, you recognize who you're bringing it to. Yes, we are weak. Yes, there is a temptation in the world. Yes, there is an evil one. But actually, do you know what? We can pray God deliver us from the evil one because you know that yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the... How am I going to be scared of someone who prowls like a lion when Jesus is the lion of Judah? How am I going to be scared of someone who, who, who puts himself as king when Jesus is the king of kings? Like, our God is so powerful, so, so powerful. And you need to recognize his power. You need to recognize who you're praying to because that will change the things that you pray. That will change what you do in circumstances that are difficult. That will change anything that you face. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen. And what do we see there that from start to finish, God is glorified as we praise him? Our Father in heaven, our Father who's high and above every circumstance with all of the power in the universe and, and even, even literally outside of that, I can't even comprehend God's power. But you're my Father. You're in heaven, but you draw so close to me that Jesus, that you've allowed me to be connected back to my Father. That's crazy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Will other people know who you are? Will this world know who you are? Will this world know who you are so they can worship you accordingly? Your kingdom come. Jesus, you are the right and the true king. 
You are the one who brings peace and order and everything that this world is looking for. Let your kingdom come and let it come quickly, God. I don't want to see any more of this pain and suffering in the world that I'm in. I want to see you be king in my life, in my city, in this world. Would Actually, would you come back, Lord Jesus? Because I know that it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I'm anticipating that your kingdom come. But you know what, God, until that, let your will be done. Let your will be done in my life and the lives of the people around me and in this world as it is done in heaven. What's happening in heaven? Obedience to God 24-7. Elders cast their crowns before God. They obey him. There is nothing going on in heaven that is not in alignment with God. I want to see that on earth. I want to see that in my life. I forgot on the pregs, I got really passionate about that part. <laughs> Flipping egg is so good. Give us today our daily bread. We recognize that you are the one who provides for us, for all of us. We don't want more than we need. We don't want to be selfish. We, we just want what we need and we want to daily depend on you, God. We daily depend on you. We recognize that you're the one who gives us all that we need. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Let us not forget what we've been forgiven for. Let us live freely as people who offer that forgiveness to others. Remembering that actually when we don't forgive others, we're saying, God, deal with me how I deal with other people. I don't want that. I want you to deal with me with your grace and your mercy and your love. And lead us not into temptation. God, I don't want to sin. I don't want to have to come back to say sorry. I don't want to do that. But God, if I must go through anything that might cause me to sin, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from it. Let me grow in this. Let me be somebody that you can use for your kingdom, for your glory. Send me out into the world as I've overcome this situation. Let me, let me put your light out there so people would know that you are king, that you are God. Because yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and forever. Amen. What an amazing model that Jesus has given us to pray, man. It's amazing. You get to pray this in your own words. You get to bring this before God on a daily basis. And man, it's like so sure, but you can be with God for ages just praying this. Remembering as well that it's all with our. We're remembering one another and we bring each other before God. Recognizing how amazing he is, how incredible he is. He's so worthy of our prayers. And may we learn that when we come to pray, we are coming to glorify him in everything that we say and everything that we do. So Jesus, that is what we want to do. We want to glorify you. I'm going to invite the band to come up. We want to glorify you, God. On a daily basis, we pray that you, that God, that you would have your way. That God, that your kingdom will come, your will will, will will be done, Lord. Even if we have to go through troubled times, even if we have to go through temptations, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are victorious, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We thank you that yours is the kingdom, the power, and, and the glory now and forever. We thank you, God, that we get to come to you for strength, that we get to come to you for protection, that you would help us overcome anything that comes our way, Lord Jesus. And that as we, as we go through these things, God, would you make us your masterpiece? Would you make us your masterpiece? Would you sanctify us? Would you make us more and more like you through all the things that we go through, Lord? We want to be more like you. We want to be holy as you are holy. So Jesus, teach us. Teach us how to deal with these things. Make us more like you in everything that we go through. In your name we pray. Amen. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, 
where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.